Praise the Lord. And welcome to IHAP Podcast. IHAP, I have a testimony. Hosted by me, Reverend Mario Inaira. The podcast is shares and goes over testimonies from the people of God. So join me as I speak with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ that have influenced me and my Christian walk and see just how far God has brought us. Listen and be inspired and motivated by God's work in the lives of His people, by His grace and through His Word. session of iHot Podcast, and I'm very honored today to have with me uh, here in the studio, or here in my house, uh, Sister Monica de la Cruz, who helps serve at our local church for First Tucson uh, House of Worship, and she serves right now as our uh, Christian Education uh, Director for this year. Praise the Lord, Sister Monica. Praise the Lord, Brother Mario. Thank you for having me here. Oh, again, my it's a really big honor for me to have you here, Sister and um, one of the reasons why is because just kind of talking to you a little bit um, when we see each other at church or any other time we get to conversate, um, you know, you're always willing to share, you know, things that God does for you in your life. And uh, some of the things uh, that we want to get to, uh, obviously, uh, that we, you spoke to me about. But um, I want to know, Sister, how did it all get started for you? How, how old were you when you came into this uh, relationship with God or knowing about God? Um, no, I'm, I'm the third generation apostolic. I uh, was born apostolic. My grandparents were um, full-blooded um, Catholics when they were probably uh, recently married. And um, they came to the Lord through uh, a healing in their, in their family, um, a miracle healing, actually. And they, they learned about the Alleluias, and, and that's how they came to the Lord. Then my dad was born. My my mom and my dad, both are from apostolics. Also my grand my grandparents from Tucson. I call them my my, my grandparents from Tucson. And they also um, they they were also Pentecost um, apostolic Pentecostals, and uh, and my mom was also born um, apostolic. And so I've been raised in the church, um, and apostolic church never um, never strayed away. Praise God for that. And uh, that's how my journey began. Uh, we moved to uh, Tucson, my mom and my dad. Um, I lived with my grandparents since um, the age of three. And uh, when my mom and my dad separated, uh, I came and uh, my mom decided to move back home. She's from Tucson. So we came and um, I started going to our family church, which is uh, Dakota. They call it Dakota. It's an apostolic church, independent church. And I started going there. And um, at the age of 16, that's when the Lord called me and, and um, pressed in my heart to give my life to him, to start working and you know, baptize and then working for him, serving him there. Mm. Yeah. So at 16, was it something specific that happened? Were, were you just seeking God's, uh, you know, uh, a, not approval, but were you just looking for God to give you some type of sign to get baptized? Or was it just something that you just knew you were ready to do? Actually, um, I, I don't think I was looking. I, I attended church and we've had a really good, strong uh, youth uh, um, and uh, youth group and so we were all involved we we used to sing in the choir and um, I remember one time visiting my brother Joel Le, um, worshipped and, and served at Second Tucson Apostolic 
um, Bethel Temple. And I remember I went to, for something, there was some event for her, their kids. And, and Brother Raymond Rodriguez was preaching about um, the tree that gave fruit and mm-hmm. the tree that didn't give fruit. And and that's what the Lord called me. I said, well, am I giving fruit? I was, mm-hmm. in, like, of course, I wasn't baptized. I said, am I giving fruit to my church? Uh, am I, you know, am, am I going to um, be condemned because I'm not giving fruit? And when I went back home, I think it was close to being a family camp. We used to go to Mount Lemon mm-hmm. to family camp and... Right before camp, usually you decide to go to get baptized after camp. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I just, I actually, I asked my pastor and I said, you know, I really want to get baptized. And the Lord called me and, and he says, let's pray. So I remember praying with the ministers after church. Church was over and it wasn't like jumping, running, nothing like that. It was just I wanted to give myself to the Lord. And, mm-hmm. and so I remember them praying for me. And he says, can you wait? Do you want to wait? And we'll baptize you up in Mount Lemon. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, sure. That'd be nice in the river. So I, yeah, I said, yes, yes, we can do that. So um, I was under the pastorship of Manuel P. Felix and uh, late Manuel um, P. Felix. He passed away a few years ago. And uh, so, I, yeah, we... We went to camp, and I remember throughout camp, uh, I think they were going to baptize me the day before we left, the, the day before leaving camp, and the river was dry. <laughs> there was no water. Oh, no. And, uh, <laughs> and so, um, and throughout camp, I was a struggle. I wasn't feeling mm. the presence of the Lord. I wasn't crying. I wasn't, mm. I, I wanted to, I really wanted to, and I was seeking, and I mean, I wasn't even crying of, um, nothing not Mm -hmm. even a song would fill me and i said wait a minute what's going on is it really that maybe i'm not meant to be baptized Mm -hmm. yet and so when the river was was um was dry i said okay well then i guess it's i'm not called to be you know to to be one uh, part of the family and my pastor reassured me said nope as soon as we get down to to church we'll fill up the pila we'll fill up the baptistry and we'll baptize you and and so at that time, you know, I, I got baptized. Uh, when we came down, we were all tired from camp, but we oh. got baptized. We had service afterwards, and the Lord filled me with the Holy Ghost that day. Wow. And um, I spoke in tongues all the way till the next day. Oh. And I couldn't speak English, Spanish. It was just tongues that would come out. I remember yeah. my mom would say, Ya, tienes que parar, you know. <laughs> but um, I would be speaking, speaking out in tongues yeah. um, until the next day. Um, the next, the following day, was very important for me to stop speaking in tongues because we had our interview with immigration. Um, and uh, and so my mom says, you need to start, <laughs> stop, because um, you, we have the interview. And this is my mom was getting our our residency because mm. we had just moved to tucson and and so we were moved, going back to juarez chihuahua to get our residency mm-hmm. so yeah by the time we got to juarez praise god you know my tongues stopped and <laughs> they actually pray, had to pray for me so i could stop speaking yeah. in tongues and so so yeah it was it was uh quite a, a, a yeah <laughs> a, a deal but it, yeah praise god you know that's when i gave myself to the lord amen i mean that that's an awesome experience <laughs> especially you know you're kind of describing that you're you're there at a family camp and you know that a baptism you're gonna you know back get baptized in jesus name and all of a sudden you know you don't feel god during that week or you like you said you just didn't feel the presence or or the you know ability to cry or nothing was kind of touching you 
And then all of a sudden you come down and you get baptized, and then God's all, here you go, you know, bless you with the Holy yes. Ghost, and He's all, this this is what you wanted, this is you know, this is what you're gonna have, and that's just awesome. That's just awesome. Um, so being 16, sister, and and getting baptized, what do you what do you recall, especially as, as a young lady, what do you recall some of the challenges after you get baptized? You know, after I got baptized, I assumed that. You know, the sun looked brighter, the colors were different, and, you know, I, I could hear the birds better. You know, just that <laughs> feeling you get, like that Disney moment. Yeah. And and then all of a sudden, reality hits because I had to go back to work. On Monday, I went back to work, and I worked with these all these older men because I was in a school uh, program during that time in high school. And um, they were janitors, and they were mechanics. And I came in there, and I was whistling. And I was like, I got baptized this Sunday. And they were just <laughs> looking at me like... What's wrong with this guy? You know, so that reality hit. But how was it for you? Like, what was, how was it for you after you got baptized? You know, if you got back to school, or or what are some of the challenges you remember? Yeah, so I went back to school after okay. after a camp. Um, I think a month or so after, um, school started, mm. and uh, yeah, I went back. Everything looked different from the previous year. Everything was just. I wasn't in touch with my friends. I wasn't in mm. touch with with uh, my the environment i guess the, the environment of school and i remember i came coming home that night or that afternoon i told my mom i don't want to go to um, school mom i don't think it's good anymore and i just don't feel that i i belong there mm. i didn't feel belonged and uh, there wasn't a whole lot of apostolic girls mm. in 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 the in the, the, in the school and um so my mom just you know she was she's been very um, lenient and and she said you know just keep going and, and see what happens and so I think I went to school for like a week or two and and I told him I really don't feel and I did I I felt more not with my peers mm-hmm. I've always been not popular not 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 popular but um, it was my peers were different everything was different Mm -hmm. and uh so i told my mom you know what can i just drop out for one year just let me drop out and then i'll just you know i'll go back to school Mm -hmm. i'll work (laughs) so my mom said um okay if you want to that's fine you know she she says okay you know go ahead and drop out but you know you are gonna work and and you know help out with the bills and i said yes i will I'll, i'll work and and so yeah i dropped out for a whole year um and that year was um, kind of just the Lord and I, and, and yeah, I would pray, I would fast, and and read the Word, and, and get involved in church. And uh, I remember, I think I got the the small Sunday school. My my little son, I got a classroom. I asked the pastor if I could start a classroom of Sunday school because they had only the young babies, like the young kids, and then a gap, and then the youth. Mm-hmm. They didn't have that that classroom for my little sister mm. so I asked the pastor and the director then I asked him if I could teach if I could start my own class and he says you know yeah go ahead and says do you have any materials he goes no you have to pay everything out of your pocket mm. we were a small church and I said okay so um, he says I'll just give you a book and then you know you can make copies or you know do what you can with that I said okay good and I had two students uh, and I'm going to say their names because I want them to hear this. It was Lisa Mandujano. Her last name is Eurigan now. And uh, my little sister, Yvette, Yvette Gutierrez. And they were my, my two students. And I remember I used to elaborate as much as I could for in Sunday school for them. And 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 that I think that's how I started teaching. And um, so the following year, I went back to school. 
uh, I went back to school and I was okay. It was fine for me. I didn't feel that that enemy attack or that you know being different. Being it was a struggle. Mm-hmm. It was a struggle um, because I was different and then my friends, especially my friends that I used to hang out with, mm-hmm. they never made fun of me, never questioned me why. But um, it, it, it was much better. It was no. much, much better high school experience for me. Yeah, and you mentioned your sister right now. How was your family dynamic? And you talked about your mom a little bit also. How was your family dynamic, sister? How um, how many brothers sisters were there in the family? And and I know you mentioned one of them was already going to church. But so it sounds like a church family. But share a little bit more about the family, please. Yes, uh, we're a church family. Praise God. Um, my I have um, three brothers and uh, three sisters, and my uh, we're we're all. Some of my my older brother and my older sister live in Texas, and and we live here in in, in Tucson. Mm-hmm. We were all raised. My brother plays the guitar. He plays a beautiful guitar, and and my my sister sings. I don't I don't have that talent, <laughs> but um, my mom um, my mom became a, a single parent when. Uh, I th- well, I was 13 when, mm-hmm. when she became a single parent and she dedicated her life to us. She mm-hmm. never uh, remarried. She never, I never ever remember her dating. She was just a working mom and, you know, taking care of us. I remember she used to say, and she still says it, mi amor, todo mi amor es para ustedes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so yeah, we, we, I helped raise my little sister because my mom would work a lot. Yeah. So I helped my raise my little sister Yvette and my brother Joshua, and uh, and we were, we we were almost all the time by ourselves and mm-hmm. where we lived, but we were obedient somehow. Mm-hmm. We just always obeyed my mom. We weren't. My little brother was. He was a troublemaker, but <laughs> um, but I remember my mom used to. He he was always fixing bikes and and. He, he was always really good. They used to call him MacGyver. And mm. uh, my mom would say, okay, you can fix the bikes, but only right here at the entrance and mm. of the of the house. And even the manager, he was so good. He even put like a tile area where the rug was at. So he would fix his friend's bikes and I would take him to church. We would go to church and we would always go to church no matter. My mom never could never go to church because mm-hmm. she worked. And so um, I would always get him dressed. Come on, let's go to church. We would always you know, be in church and back then we used to have church Tuesday Thursdays and Sundays so we were I was always very um I wanted them to be in church um, yeah, yeah so. and that's interesting Sister Monica you sharing that with me because that was kind of my family dynamic where uh in a single parent home and and my mom working so so when you say things like that you know like we were kind of by ourselves a lot of the times this was in a different time obviously because uh, I remember doing the same thing. My my sister grew up. My older sister grew up taking care of us, and uh, even my little brother when he was growing up, uh, when he was a little a guy, big old man now. But when he was a baby, he would always call my older sister Mama Lydia, Mama Yeya. That was her nickname, Yeya. Uh, because you know we would see her but it wasn't because my mom wasn't available it's because my mom was just working so she would get off of one job and then she would go to the next and then she would go from the other job to the next so sometimes two to three jobs at one time and and i just remember that and one of the challenges i remember and i think you kind of shared a story with me but uh to get to church you know we would either walk uh, or we would get rides and and it's not that the family guy would didn't want to give rides but sometimes it can be a little bit um 
it can be a little bit of a task sometimes for other people to give people rides on a regular occasion. But you shared me a story with me about that. Can you share that with me? Yes. Too? Yeah. And, and um, yeah, we would, we didn't have a car, so uh, we would call my cousins to get a ride from them. And, and you know, friends from church would take us to church. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I, we never missed church because we just didn't want to ask for a ride. I always, I guess God gave me the courage to call in and say, okay, you stop by for us. And, and uh, we were always taught, and like I told you, we were always taught that when you're getting dressed for church, you fully get dressed. So we mm-hmm. would put on our velo. Uh, Brother Al Saragosa would always um, you know, teach us that. And so, yeah, we would dress, get dressed, put our velo inside the house, and then uh, we would go outside and wait for our cousins and, and wait. Right there on Grand Day and, and St. Mary's right behind the churches and just wait for them with our velos, with our Bibles, <laughs> fully dressed to go to church. And so um, that never stopped us, brother. And mm. never and never did I say, you know what, I'm not going to church because we don't have a ride or because it's a hassle for them to pick yeah. us up. Or um, and if anything, I would just pray to God and say, oh, please, Lord, provide a ride for us today so we could go to church. And my little sister never... I think it was just like a little time period where she just didn't want to go to church or she was just, and I would say, no, you, you need to sit with me. And, and she would want to talk or, and I say, no, sit with me and pretend you're painting my nails, you know, just to get her entertained. So she wouldn't be bored at church. And, and so, um, so yeah, that was, it was, I guess it was a challenge, but it wasn't a challenge. I didn't see it mm. as a challenge then. Uh, now that I think about it, I said, you know, I had the option of not going. Yeah. I had the my mom wasn't going to church. I had just say, you know, let's just stay home and do something different. But no, I think in the when you're in the will of the Lord and mm. you're in God's plan, He makes you blind to that or makes you deaf to things and or just simply He provides for you and you yeah. just you know. You see his blessing in that way. Maybe I didn't see it back then, but now I think about it and I say, yeah, no, those were God's blessings. God provided my cousins. And, you know, although it was a little hassle for them, you know, and especially because my little sister or my brother will be like jumping around and goes, Dad, just tell him not to touch or not jump in my car and I'll be like, okay, just stop it, guys, you know. So, yeah. um, but never did it stop us, you know. I guess, you know, the Lord um, had that and plan for us, you know, for, for us to serve him and, and to continue in his, in his path. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you come to think about when you first, you know, when you're serving God and, and you think about those things, you know, getting to the church and, and, and it's just, um, it's just a part of the service that you see that you have, that you want to willingly offer to God. And I think it, what happens is as you get a little bit older or mature, and then you start having your own things like your own automobiles, or your own, you know, it becomes easier in a sense. That's when it becomes even more challenging because you're like, Wednesday, oh, I'm so tired today. <laughs> Where before it didn't True. even matter what day it was. Yes. You just wanted to be there. You know, you wanted yes. to be there. Or Sunday, you know. Yes. And, and and yeah, because because you have more options, you know. But when the only option is that you just want to please God and you want to honor Him, you know, that, that makes it so much easier to to. To offer that offering, you know, to God and 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 to serve Him and to do those things. Um, right. So, so sister, um, sixteen years old, you were kind of put in charge at that time. You know, the, of your two younger siblings, you were going, you were being faithful. Um, what are some things that that um, that God done in your life during those times? Like, um, obviously, uh, you were baptized. 
and then you you well basically what I'm saying the biggest one of the biggest blessings I know in your life and I know you would count them as a blessing would be meeting your husband right. you know brother right. Zar. <laughs> right. so being faithful serving God and how did that come about sister well um, going back to being 16 and sure. what yes. uh, uh, I I struggled with hate mm. um, and I I know these interviews are, you know, I was praying to God, Lord, you know, give me the words and, and, and they're not rehearsed and amazing mm -hmm. that you asked that question, but I dealt with hate, mm -hmm. uh, hate towards my dad mm -hmm. because of, you know, separation and, you know, just, you know, family problems, reasons why they separated and uh, the hate that I never want to experience and I've never experienced before, uh, hate that. I wouldn't want anybody to experience. So when, mm. when everybody, somebody uses the word hate, mm -hmm. I think it's a really strong word um, because it just, it, it's from the inside out. Uh, nothing seemed, and I struggled with this after I got baptized. So that was mm. one of my first, I think, um, battles as a Christian. I said, well, how can I dislike this person mm. when I say that I love God? <laughs> and so the Lord provided for me to attend this um family funeral and i remember i just poured my my heart and i've always been very straightforward um talker and and i remember telling my dad and i just i told him like everything that i that mm. i felt um i didn't want to see him for many years i didn't want to see him didn't want us want him to visit us and at that time i when i talked to him he apologized and he hugged me, and I was able to forgive him. Wow. I was able to set free to continue my Christian life mm -hmm. because I was, of course, I was a teenager. I think I must have been 17 at that time already, wow. 17 or 18. And I was able to continue my life, my pure heart in Christ. Mm -hmm. If not, I think at that moment I would, or those years I would have been miserable, a miserable Christian, yeah. or I would have considered myself a fake Christian mm -hmm. but not, by not forgiving my dad and and him asking for forgiveness of me and um if, i mean it didn't make it right he didn't come back mm -hmm. i of course you know obviously i didn't want him back but we talked mm -hmm. as a, i think a, a being me being adult and um and so that you know that that was one of my struggles and victories never want to feel that way again yeah. um, but the lord provided that for me you know that forgiveness uh, I met my husband, I want to always say later in life, mm -hmm. I met my husband at when I was 27. Uh, in between that, I joined the choir, we traveled, we I enjoyed myself a yeah. lot. Um, my cousins and I used to always um, just get in the car and go traveling in Arizona. So we, we had a lot of fun as, as youth. Um, we visited a lot of churches because of our choir. Mm -hmm. Our choir was named Echos de Sion, and we were kind of popular. We were popular, <laughs> so it was very nice to you know to go visiting uh, churches. And um, I met my husband at I think I I met my husband at 25 actually, and I got married at 27. Mm. Met my husband through my my friend my my dear friend our dear friend Delilah. Uh, Verdugo Casas, you know, she she just passed away yeah. um, a, a few months ago, and she and I worked at the same place. And uh, my brother had been telling me about my husband. Um, he says, you know, there's this young guy at church, and he, because I guess they were worried because I was older and I wasn't getting <laughs> married, I wasn't dating anybody, or I wasn't courting. Um, 
And so they say, you know, there's this guy that maybe I'll make, you know, some a carne asada at home. You, well, you can meet him. I said, yeah, why not? Okay, sure. <laughs> I was open to it. Yeah. And uh, so it never happened that my brother did the carne asada and the thing. I just, um, when I started working with Delilah, I asked him, I said, Delilah, who's Eliazar de la Cruz? And like I always tell everybody, that was it. That, that's yeah. all I had to say. You know, oh, he's this wonderful guy at church. And, and he's, you know, he's, he's always with the youth and he's very nice. And um, he, one thing that she said, and, and it's just so funny because he says, and he always is mad. He'll always give his tithes and, and he always has a hundred dollar bill in his pocket. <laughs> But that was just Delilah, you know. She was just always so funny and so yeah. open, and I didn't care about that, I guess. Yeah. Um, but uh, I said, "Yeah, what Hoen has been telling me, you know, about him." He goes, "Yeah, I'll make a party this Saturday. I think it was Tuesday. I'll make a party this Friday, and I'll invite him, and you guys can meet." And so, yeah, um, she made a party, a Hoenness party gathering, and he came over. I I drove my my friend's van over to her house. Without a driver's license, <laughs> I didn't have a driver's license back then, and I drove it. Um, so I got to Delilah's, met him. You know, just little. Didn't really talk to him much because everybody was there, yeah. the crowd was there. So I said, "Okay, you know, this is good. Okay, fine." So he walked me out, and when we he walked me out to my car, he asked me out for a date. He says, "Do you want to go out again?" I said, "Yeah, sure." You know, so then that's how it started. Oh. You know, that's how you know, our, our love and no, I guess our friendship yeah. started. Yeah, and, and I it kind of it's interesting you, you brought up the relationship aspect of your dad though, because I, I think with that healing, Sister Monica, um, if maybe that wouldn't have taken place, maybe having a relationship later on in life, you know, might have just made it a little bit harder. You know, just to see men in a certain way, I guess. Because I, I know the dynamic for women with their fathers, you know, that can affect a lot of things of how they see men. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yes, so, so um, but just, you know, maybe that was God's timing, even though it was probably different than you wanted it to be, you know, th- that that situation. But still, God allowed you to participate in that in that time frame where he apologized and everything. And, and it's just awesome how God works, you know. Yes, yeah, true, because I, I remember seeing um, even men... Um, as I got older, mm-hmm. I would see men and, and I'll be like, oh, I wonder if he's like my dad. Mm. Or I didn't want them to look at me or I would get uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and uh, yes, there was, I think the, that also, you know, the Lord worked in me. Yeah. Um, I, but I, there was a little bit of struggle after sure. when we got married. And, and uh, my husband, I call him Zar. Zar reassured me because I'm not your dad. Mm. I am not your dad. Those were insecurities mm-hmm. um, and also tr- not trusting and mm-hmm. jealousy um, that we struggle with. And, and I had to pray it through. Yeah. Pray through fasting prayer and him just reassuring me I'm not your dad. I'm not yeah. like that. And, you know, if, if, that, if that, that would have been the case because he was also older when he married. Mm. And uh, if that would have been the case, I would have done something a long time ago mm. i um he traveled by himself with his company and mm-hmm. he says you know but no i'm not like that mm-hmm. and he it just his assurance and his reassurance all the time saying you know I, i'm not like that and yeah. his patience um his patience he's a very patient man <laughs> and very calm yeah. you know he balances me so well in that <laughs> <laughs> and and uh and 
and so that that helped me of course the lord and fasting and praying because sure. i remember one time it didn't get we've never argued like to yell at each mm-hmm. other or anything but it got to the point that he said if you continue this this you know this could lead to divorce mm-hmm. when i heard that 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 word mm-hmm. it it just like something um i i I will woke up. Yeah. I, I was awakened by something, and I said, "No, I don't want this." And yeah. so that's when the Lord started healing me and and, and going through that process yeah. and that trust in Him. And, and I believe that's exactly the word to use is your healing because it's emotional healing, and and God restores, and that's what we need in our lives restoration. Because I remember my, with my dad, we had that, you know, we didn't have that relationship either. And I remember one time being so upset, like he was never around but i remember being so upset because um you know i learned how to shave with my sister sitting next to me in the restroom you know uh, on the countertop and and i'm looking in a mirror and i was like wait a minute i mean it seems so common sense like but i was like do i do the razor this way or this you know up and down (laughs) or side to side and and even though you know if i would have done the side to side thank god we figured that out you know i didn't try it but if i did a side to side obviously would have cut myself up but my sister's i remember seeing my dad used to do it this way you know and and so we're sitting there and i'm shaving in the mirror you know 13 14 years old but i remember one time just being so frustrated and so angry that i didn't have that opportunity for that relationship you know, to learn someone to teach me how to shave or someone to teach me about uh, what guys go through when they're growing up, you know, certain ages or about girls or anything like that. And, and I remember that's how God spoke to me, though, one time. And that's when I knew that I wanted to give my life to God was the word a, a prayer. And I was at an altar and all of a sudden I just heard the voice of God just speaking in my heart. I mean, obviously, I couldn't describe their voice to you, but it, it would just say all I heard was um, I will be your father. And, and, and you know, just let go of that hate. Yes. You know, just let go of that hate. I will be your father, and I will be everything that you need me to be in your life. And I remember just breaking down crying. I was just crying. And that's when I just said, you know what, God, I just want to give my life to you. You know, th- this is it. So those those dynamics, those relationships are really important. A mom with the, you know, with their son or the son with the dad. I mean, those dynamics really, especially when you're godly Christian people, it, it really, they really are important. Yes. Uh, yeah. I I had I had the privilege of living with my grandparents or mm. my abuelitos from Mexico Aww. and they raised me and I had that father figure yeah. through my younger years but I never had it through my teenage years. Mm. But the Lord also provided that for yeah. me, brother. I um the Lord provided my pastor, yeah. Manuel Felix, and he was um he was such a great man that he he helped me out through my my uh I think between the age of 18 or 20 to the age I got married, he he was my counselor and uh, he would scold me and <laughs> he would cheer me and um, <coughs> and also you know the never had the, the, the need to say you know I don't have a dad mm-hmm. I don't have a dad um, I I don't think I ever remember saying that or feeling sorry for myself yeah. because I didn't have a dad ever I think the Lord just provided that for me that comfort or that um a father figure through my pastor yeah. and and also like you said i will be your father i remember i remember going to camps or you know going to places where they would preach about you know being a single parent or mm-hmm. not having a, a mom or not having a dad and 
and saying, you know, you know, the Lord is my father. Mm-hmm. He is. So I would refuge myself in the word, mm-hmm. in the word. And um, but like I said, never. Thank God I, I never just said, no, I don't have a dad. I mm-hmm. woe me. No, never did. The Lord provided that. I guess that the, my cup was full with yeah. that. And No, praise God, sister. Yeah. That's, yeah I'm, like, but I just remember when I felt that liberation, <coughs> excuse me, that liberation <clears throat> or that liberty, and it really filled all that void that I felt just in an instant. You know, God just did that miracle in my life and, and after that, I was able just to serve him the best that I could. Even, uh, you know, like you said, it's not so much that I was thinking, um, you know, that figure or that type of woe is me, but um, it, it was just something I felt it was holding me back. And when I had that that breakthrough, uh, you know, just, you know, you ha- I have no reason, no excuse why not to offer my best, you know, now. So God, God's going to fill in the rest of it. And and I remember saying, you know what, I never want to be like my dad. And I didn't mean that as a put down to him. And I didn't mean that, that I was going to be better. But what I meant was that I'm going to provide something different if I ever was blessed with having kids or a family. And, and thank God that I was, you know, I was. But like I said, I, I never think, I never see myself as better. I never see myself as anything like that because the only reason I have what I have or that I'm blessed with what I'm blessed is because God entered into my situation, into my life. And that's why I'm blessed the way I'm blessed. So yeah, so yeah, it's just it's just awesome how God fills those those voids and and those needs in our life. True, and he you know he as you go through these process, I guess as Mm. you're growing up, and and he has a purpose for you in life, Mm -hmm. um, because then you get to share share with your students, like like me in Sunday school. I've been able to 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 reach out to to young kids mm-hmm. our youth and just give them that testimony mm-hmm. and and and, and they get those experiences oh you know i went through this okay i can grab this testimony mm-hmm. and share it or i know i've been through that i remember um teaching uh i think it were the juniors at that time and and i remember teaching just different it was a pretty big group and and um teaching about immigration i remember um <coughs> because i i i had a lot to share i was i came from a single parent mm-hmm. i was raised by grandparents i i um was immigrated mm-hmm. to to uh the united states when i came here i didn't speak english that well i couldn't read it of course and write it forget it i didn't know and it took a teacher to um make me want to say, you know what, and not nothing positive about the teacher, but uh, it took that to say, you know what, I'm going to learn it, mm-hmm. I'm going to write it, I'm going to learn how to speak it, I'm going to learn how to read it, and it, the best that I can, mm-hmm. it just gave me that push. And um, and it, coming from that, coming having uh, marrying late also, mm-hmm. I've been able to share with young young women um, in, in our church, you know, it's marrying late, why wait, mm-hmm. you know, the importance of, of waiting, um all those experiences yeah. or or even even this i remember praying because you go to youth services so you go to you know just different kinds of services um where it's just for the youth and and the pe- the preacher saying you know come and pray you know because you're going to be future future minister wives and future pastors wives so i was praying for my minister i wanted to marry a minister and uh 
and I remember praying to the Lord, yes, you know, I want to be, never, I never wanted to be a pastor's wife, but a minister's wife. Mm. And so, and then, and I, and I tell my husband, you know, I didn't marry a minister, but I married a man, a man with a ministry. Mm. And, and even that was kind of hard at the beginning of our marriage because he did have a ministry. Mm -hmm. He's, he always, he's very serviceable. Mm -hmm. And I remember, um, I guess, they just thought it was going to be the same people calling our house and saying, you know, we're, we're broken down on the freeway. Mm. Can you come help us? Or, you know, my car or we need an oil change or, you know, just different things that, that he knew he knows how, what, how to do what to do or mm -hmm. how to do it. And I would struggle with that. I'll be like, don't they know that or you're married and, you know, what you hear at home? And that yeah. was a little bit of struggle. And I, now that I think about it, I, I said, wow, I couldn't have married a minister because of my of my <laughs> I guess um my need yeah. to for him to be home but then later on the Lord changed that too yeah. the Lord changed that and and now it's like oh go help him you know the, yeah. or like somebody's <laughs> struggling in the parking lot it goes you know probably know go yeah. help him and and I encourage him but you know it's a blessing too the yeah. Lord knows exactly exactly what you know what you can handle what to give you Amen. when to give it to you and if you and not to give it to yes. you, and not, yeah. and 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 you still be okay. Yeah, he feels that for yeah. you. I was just reading uh, not too long ago, Sister Monica. Someone uh, shared um, uh, on, on Twitter: um, if you're seeking for a man of God, uh, seek. Seek someone that's after God, or I'm sorry, if you're seeking for a man of God, how hide yourself in God as a young lady. So if you hide yourself in God, whoever's seeking God and finds him is also going to find you. Yes, you know, and I just thought, man, that makes a lot of sense, you know, yes. to me, because yeah, that you know, you're going to find that person that's going to balance you out, and just like you're sharing with me, I, I feel the same way about my wife, you know, that that strength. You know that calmness, whatever she gets, it she just balances me out so much. True. So yeah, I, I really believe what you're saying, and that God, God knows what you need and what you. Want. No, true. Yeah. Yes, I remember even struggling with that when I met him. I said, "Is this really your will?" And I remember we, I used to pray a lot yeah. and fast. And when he, when he asked me out to be his girlfriend, he did say, "I'm going to ask you to be my girlfriend, mm. but I'm also going to ask you to be my wife." Mm -hmm. I don't want to be uh, playing around. This is something serious, and and, and I said, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll marry you. <laughs> yeah. But um, but with that came a lot of thought, a lot of thought, and a lot of prayer. Yeah. Um, I remember just because I from being of just solely my life, my my thoughts, everything, my plans re, um, uh, evolved around the Lord, mm -hmm. and. And then to change it for him because I wasn't praying that much mm. anymore. I wasn't reading as much, and, and my thoughts would go to him. And yeah. and I remember one time I got up and I said I gotta stop talking. I mean I gotta stop thinking about him. <laughs> and I opened the word and I started reading. And then I started reading the first thing sentence about I can't remember right now, but where it says and Eliasar begat, <laughs> and I said okay, this is he, he's mine. Yeah. <laughs> the Lord wants me to think about him, <laughs> but I. I also struggle with that, you know, the yeah. thoughts because my thoughts were always for the Lord, and yeah. and then He came along, so I needed to learn how to balance mm -hmm. that, yeah. how to bring Him into my relationship with the Lord. You know, of course, He had a relationship, very strong relationship with the Lord, and yeah. and um, 
and I also had I had to balance that as a young, you know, unmarried and 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 courting him. Yeah, so I had to balance in there. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> uh, it's a Monica. Uh, and and <clears throat> one of the things that I remember, uh, kind of just jumping way way into the to the future there uh, yes. uh, things, but I remember at one time, sister, because I wanted to make sure that we talked a little bit about this also, but. Um, I remember we would have uh, Wednesday prayers, and even before them, but I remember always uh, them asking for prayers for Sister Monica de la Cruz, Sister Monica de la Cruz. And I remember it was something that, um, that it was, I believe, was it affecting your eye, or was it your yes. eye? Yeah, yeah, with yeah. my eye. I've always had trouble with my eye, mm-hmm. something I inherited from my dad. <laughs> We've always had um, pterygiums, what they call it. It's like a dry eye, but pterygium like growth in our eyes mm-hmm. and it comes from the sun and also inheritance i think mm-hmm. um yeah about two three years ago um the doctor kept monitoring monitoring a, a little uh, growth in my eye and you know he, i kept going every three months to the doctor's office and, mm-hmm. and he would say you know no that's fine everything's fine that day when i went um actually we took a picture and I noticed everything was, everybody was looking at the picture and I wasn't. I said, why am I not looking? Mm. But then when I went to the doctor, he said, I was not that I wasn't looking, it's because there was this growth and it was big enough so you, that you could notice that. Oh. And so I asked the doctor, he took an x-ray and I'd been with this, with this doctor for many years. And he says, you know what, I'm gonna have you look at and talk to my, my partner and and uh, let's see what he thinks so they called him in and they did a uh, an x-ray on my eye and, um, and then they talked among themselves and then he came in his his partner there in the office and and he came in and just bluntly he said you know what it could be cancer you know it could be cancer and all we have to do is you know we could do radiation we could do uh eye drop there's eye drops chemotherapy uh we could remove it worst thing we could just remove your eye and i remember sitting there and i just nodding my head i said okay okay um and says yeah we'll see you next week and then we'll see what we can do for you and i said okay thank you walking out of the 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 um the office right away i started crying started panicking and you know call my brother call my husband call my pastor and 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 i just and i said you know pray for me they just told me i have cancer no it could be cancer Mm -hmm. he was certain it was cancer you know the way he was talking about it and then uh he said he also he called me in later on and he also said, okay, we only found a specialist, but uh, the specialist is in Houston mm-hmm. that we know of, and uh, we're going to have to send you over there. So I started calling, you know, my, my, my friends and my my family, and I said, you know, let's just pray for me. Mm-hmm. For one thing, that it's not cancer. Uh, another thing, that they find a specialist here in Tucson that could take care of me, because going to Houston, of course, is going to be a lot of financial and a lot of, you know, just... And my sister-in-law, I remember Letty, um, she reassured me. She said, Monica, you know, this is, you know, you're going to be fine. You know, the Lord's going to, you know, provide. And, and sure enough, um, not even a week later, we, they found a specialist here in Tucson. And she came in, looked at it. They were going to do a biopsy. Mm-hmm. And she says, no, no need to for biopsy. Let's just go ahead and take you to the operating room. Um as soon as they did surgery on me, she came out. She tapped my shoulder and she says, 
it's not cancer. There's no cancer. Don't worry about it. Everything's fine. It's just a very bad growth in your eye. And um, up to this day, when I tell a testimony, I said, you know what? I did have cancer. But the Lord healed me. Yes. The Lord healed me. Not that I, not to glorify me or anything, but for honor and glory of God yeah. and, and, and and praise Him that, you know, that He healed me from that. And, and this is your faith grows, brother. Mm. Your faith grows. And and there, you, you have another little testimony that you can grab on and say, you know what? You know, I went through this. Yeah. And, you know, and give encouraging, give that to somebody else to encourage them. Oh, definitely, yeah, sister. So. And that's one of the <clears throat> reasons I wanted to do something like this and talk to with people and brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, just for that. Because, you know, the, in, in Romans it says, <clears throat> you know, hear, uh, faith uh, grows by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And and not only does it mean that, uh, you know, the, the word when you're hearing preaching, but also when you're hearing testimonies of what God has done for his people. And that's really going to help build somebody's faith. You know, if God can do it for them, or God did it for her, or God did it for him, yes. you know, it's the same God that I serve. He can do it for me also. Obviously, in his own time and, and according to his will. But, uh, you know, when I heard that testimony, and I remember when you shared that, that you know, what happened, and you got out of surgery, and but it wasn't cancer. You know, it wasn't cancer. Yes. And, and it, it's just amazing how God is still doing these these awesome works and these awesome things in his people. Yes. So that's great. And so, Sister Monica, is there anything... So, you know, like, you let me just go back a little bit. You know, you came from a single-parent home. You were kind of having those, uh, you know, struggle or that, or like you mentioned that, that strong word, you know, hate, yes. you know, relationship with your father, but kind of came to a close a little bit. And, and it was it was after uh, you got baptized when that happened for you, but you were baptized at 16. <clears throat> and then, uh, obviously, at 25, you met your husband. You got married at 27. Yes. Uh, God healed you, and I know there's probably a lot of little things that you know God's been doing for you between them. But what's what's God doing for you now, Sister Monica? What are some things that are coming up for you, either with Christian education or what are just some things that God has done for you that you want to share? Um, God has done a lot of good things in my marriage. Um, we also recently with my husband, he he we had a praise testimony too with him. He um, was um, having trouble. Um, he works in construction, and mm -hmm. and he needed. A CDL driver's license, mm. the CDL, and because of of his health condition, he wasn't. Um, there was one, you know, there had a lot of testings to be done, mm. and for him to obtain or uh, keep his CDL, and um, we went through um, uh, through the doctor, and and the his boss said, you know what, well, the worst thing is you know lose your job mm -hmm. or you know get get uh, demoted, less <coughs> money, of course, and. Um, but he says, but you know what? It couldn't have happened to the to a, a greater guy mm. because you have a good report. You mm. know, you you're a hard worker, and maybe this you could open a, a door for a lot more people that that are struggling with the same mm. you know the same condition, and uh, and so. Um, he says, you know, we'll just go ahead and go through your doctor. We did. We prayed about it. We fasted. And uh, and the Lord provided. You know, they, they dismissed the CDL from his title. Mm -hmm. And he no longer needs that CDL. So praise God. He's able to continue his, the work that he does. He loves to work <laughs> there. And, and and he doesn't have to have that that um, yearly, you know, check or yearly um, worry. He used mm -hmm. to always worry. So Praise God, you know, God has worked on that. And um, with um, Christian education, mm -hmm. I I took a, a little leave of, um, I think, two years of of being a Christian education um, 
in the administration mm. I, I took a but now I was still working. I was still working with the Lord yeah. I and I, I never. I love to work for the Lord. And that's one thing I and I do it for the Lord. And um, I remember talking to a pastor two years a year ago, and and I said, you know, what? I'm going to take a sabbatical. He says, what's a sabbatical? <laughs> <laughs> and because when I started ministry with him, as him being our pastor. Uh, I told him, you know what, I never hear a minister say, you know, I'm going to take a break or two. So this is my ministry, Christian education, being a teacher is my ministry. And, mm-hmm. and I, at that time, I said, I don't believe in taking breaks. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work and I'm going to work hard. And But, you know, just things, dynamics change. You get older, you want to pass the baton. You mm-hmm. want to pass the torch and and teach and that's been always been my goal with christian education to teach our younger uh generation our younger youth juniors youth for them to seek their talent Mm -hmm. to seek their their gift you know whatever it is how they're going to serve the lord how they're going to help the church how they're going to help the community that's always been um my goal for Mm -hmm. them and so at that time i i i told my pastor pastor and i said you know i'm i'm not not just not going to do anything it's just that i need a break Mm -hmm. i need a little break and i want to see somebody else come and i know i can do it i said but i want to see something different Mm -hmm. i want a new idea maybe something different and that's when jonathan brother jonathan alvarez stepped in and he took over and it was something so different Mm -hmm. vacation bible school was so different and i was so happy that it was different he didn't not the way that i would have done it Mm -hmm. but that's okay i didn't matter and it's just since then you know sister christy valenzuela stepped in my Mm -hmm. my friend also she's doing vacation she did a bit last year she's gonna do it this year and and so it's that's what I want. Mm. I want something different. Yes, I could do it. I know I can with Lord's help and, and always my husband behind me um, helping me. And I couldn't do my ministry without my husband. Mm-hmm. Every time we take on a, a task or a ministry at church, we I always make sure that he's going to be with me. That he's going to help me even with uh, Dorca's ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, he helps me out. So um, that's been my goal. My goal is to... because of our church dynamics, having church on Wednesdays, having, I'm sorry, having um, class, uh, Christian education on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also, uh, it, it, it's different. It's different for our church. And I want to fill it up again. I want to mm-hmm. bring them back to church. I want them to be interested in, in the word of God again and and um, do that. Um, I, I think I was sharing with you, I'm not sure, um, do that uh, three months challenge mm. three months challenge of families coming back to church and just just making it a challenge for them hopefully by the summer we have a steady attendance mm-hmm. and in, in summer's coming up there's no school yeah. there's no um no kids can stay a little bit up and and <laughs> and moms can go can be a, a break without them at, yeah. at home and so hopefully that that's for right now because i just came back from being off for two years mm-hmm. i want to fill our 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 chairs up again yeah. our rooms um i want to fill our classrooms again and 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 uh get them excited for the word of god and yes. and i have awesome and awesome staff teachers that that are able they're seasoned and uh, and I know we can do it with God's help. In Jesus' name, it's our yes. Goal. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, w- I remember hearing um, <clears throat> or reading something and, and no, hearing something, I'm sorry. And, and it was along the lines about Wednesday services, too. Uh, it was a different church. And one of the pastors said was, you know, we were so scared that our church or our young people would get onto the world. He goes, but now we're in such a time or a place where that the world's coming into the church. And he goes, how can we learn how to defend this or how can we learn how to um, make sure this doesn't happen? And that's only by knowing and learning the Word of God. So that's the importance of coming to Wednesday and to coming to Sundays. And when he said that, it really struck a nerve, you know, kind of what we're trying to get the message out too. Yes. But, and, and, and kind of seeing it that way that not so much care anymore about our children or our church members going out to the world, but trying to be taught and learned uh, scripture, but biblical basis of why the world can't come into the church, in a sense. You know, yes. the, the tradition and things like that. But, wow, yeah. So, yeah, um, that sounds great, Sister Monica. Um, <clears throat> I really want to appreciate all your time and, and for your candidness and, <laughs> and everything that you shared. Uh, is there anything you want to say in closing, Sister Monica, before we go? No, I just I, I thank you for the opportunity. And, and, um, and like, I, I've been praying for this interview that the Lord would... Um, Help me with my words and 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 uh, and help me do this. You know, for somebody to reach somebody to help somebody. Um, I do want to not leave without saying this. Um, um, about a year ago, I I buried my dad. My dad passed away a year mm. ago, and I was able to do it with um, an open heart. Uh, I hadn't seen him. I kept in touch with him, mm-hmm. but I hadn't seen him in five years. And um, I missed his death uh, by half an hour. We drove over where he was at, and half an hour before getting there, he passed away. Oh. And um, I do, um, I, I, I have my uncles and my aunts, um, because I grew up, my grandparents raised me. Mm-hmm. They're all, I'm almost like their little sister, <laughs> my uncles and my aunts, mm-hmm. my brothers, brothers and sisters. But the Lord, um, no, the Lord works in mysterious ways and why you know he used me why he why it was me i have no idea but um i was able to bear him with an open heart mm. and no grudge no mm. i had no i didn't wanted to say the last words to him i had said whatever i needed yeah. to say and he's resting in peace i'm resting in peace yeah. i'm i'm able to live my life i'm able to continue my life as as you know, serving the lord as freely as i can never had um never stayed with that anger never stayed with that bitterness never stay that mm. what would have done could have should have would have done that nothing like that i thank god for that opportunity mm-hmm. and um but in closing i thank god for for um choosing me you know choosing me and and also thank you brother mario thank you for trusting me and and having me as your guest and um you know just i thank god i love your family i love your children <laughs> love your kids and oh. and then they they've challenged me always you know to to do my best to bring the best whenever i i teach them and and to give them the best yeah. and, and and to also challenge them you yeah. know you know in different in different ways and are Christian, so thank you, thank you for having oh, me here, Sister Church. Monica. The pleasure definitely is all my excuse me, and and again, I, I just uh, I just want to thank you again for your time and for the words and and um, the reason I was excited about doing this also with you is because 
you were so excited, but you were also mostly nervous too. Yes. <laughs> but I, I kept telling my wife, I go, I don't know how this is gonna go because I know she's really nervous, but she's saying she's praying. But but I knew, you know, I knew it was gonna come out great, and and I know that this is gonna bless somebody's life because we're doing this for the honor and glory of God. We're trying to plant seeds, right. uh, yeah, of, of of God's faithfulness and His greatness in our, in our lives, and and because of that, and, and we're honoring that. It, it's it can't. It cannot produce so. It has to produce something in Jesus' name. So again, thank you again for your time, sister, for your words. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you so much, and God bless you.